On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, it is time for the brightest conversation in Hamilton podcast. Let's call it that. Jen Watson is in. We're going to be chatting about Michael Jackson, about oversized airline passengers, about the cheese challenge, about the LRT, even some stuff that may make you a little uncomfortable. Uh Uh-huh. Coming up. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. So Jen, let me let me set a, a a scene for you here. This story comes to us from um, somewhere in the states. Um, not exactly sure where it is, but anyway, they were flying from the east coast to the west coast. So it's a five hour flight right across the United States. Guy gets into his seat, and it was a smallish plane, so it was two seats on each aisle of the plane, just four seats across, two and two. Guy sits down, and. The person who sits next to him, and we've heard this kind of story before, mm-hmm. guy who sits next to him would fall into the category, by his description, of exceedingly obese. Okay. So that now the person who is on the window seat, the smaller person, says that this person is taking half, a third to a half of his seat hanging oh, wow. over. And there is nowhere for him to go. And he was unhappy about it. And... The disgruntled passenger told the person, tried to get the guy to move. There were no other seats and said, well, you're taking half my seat. You're paying for half my ticket or else I'm filing a complaint to get you taken off the plane. And the guy handed him cash in the amount of half his ticket. So the question is, if you are the person, we'll get to what his action, we'll get to what his response was in a second. But this is something that we we know that in our society, there are more and more and more people. Many people listening might fall into this category. It doesn't speak to your character, but we know there's a lot of people in our society who are getting bigger. Mm -hmm. Does someone have a right to be disgruntled or upset or feeling put out if you're sitting in a plane seat where you're basically a... You're, you're stuck. stuck there. You're, there's nothing you can do. And the person next to you is enormous and hanging into your space. Do you have a right to be disgruntled or is that bad manners and just suck it up and deal with it? No, I would be, uh, it, it's, it's hard because like I f- would feel bad for that passenger, but at the same time, like this is my personal space. And if you're invading my personal space, like he's not trying to, you know, it's not like he's falling all over me or, you know, not leaning, not leaning in, but unfortunately that's the, you know, the size difference. I mean, I I can understand why that person would be upset, but, and, but I feel bad for the other guy too. And, but some people could argue, well, it's his fault, but you don't know what that circumstance is and why that person is that size. But however, sorry, was this like a discount carrier? No, no, no. It doesn't, I, I, I never got that I only wonder because I mean, you know, you think that Perhaps, like, you know, airplanes should have some sort of accommodation See, for that's this, what I'm this wondering type now. of thing. But I think they have to be careful because wouldn't it be discrimination to say... That's the that's the thing. But couldn't they say, do you require a... Well, let me tell you. they word it in a certain way? I was on a flight uh, less than a year ago. It was a long flight. It was over to Europe. And I'm tall. Mm-hmm. And the person in front of me insisted that they had to have their seat in the full recline position the entire time. That's not fair. To the point where I had to sit with my legs like a V with my knees pointed to the sides because they couldn't fit straight ahead. And the, the stewardess, when I tried to point out that when she, he kept jamming the seat back and he complained that the seat wouldn't go back because I had my knees there, she goes, sir, you must move your knees or if you wish more leg room, you can buy him a first class seat, which was like... $5,000 more. And I'm like, I'm not buying another seat. I said, and I tried to make the argument, I'm not taking up more space than I'm entitled. This is just the body I walked on with. And I was told, no, you, if you want more space for your personal But that person in front of you was taking up more space. But there, but the seat was designed to recline. So while I disagree with them, I thought they were being incredibly rude knowing. Did you say anything to them? Or was it just the stewardess? They looked over the back of the seat. They could see what was going on. Right. So I thought they were being very rude, recognizing that I was now going to fly for eight hours in that position and they were about five feet tall. They had more leg room than if they were in their yeah, home. I would agree. That's quite rude. But the fact was that's how the seats are designed. So I also understand, okay, you're allowed to recline. But the point was I was told 
specifically, if you want room f- to fit your body, mm-hmm. you have to. And pay your more. body is bigger than the space that we have in these things. Buy a bigger seat. And I immediately thought, I wonder if you would say that to someone who was Overweight. enormous instead of long was wide. Right. And I don't know the well, answer. Well, they have. Have they not? Have they not said you? Do They've you, done it to you people. You have to before. upgrade, and you have to pay. But but you're space. right though. It seems to me that if you're tall, they're not going to. No one's going to. I don't think feel bent out of shape and sue for discrimination. But if you are heavy, you might, and they'll say this is a, this is insulting. This is discrimination. Right. I'm. Why would I? Why should I have to buy two seats? I'm only one person. Right. Right. It's a. It's an incredibly delicate. Absolutely. Scenario, but if you're the person who's being squeezed against the wall, I would you, be upset. I, I would be a little, uh, yeah. Like, I'd be more than a little upset yeah. if I was stuck that way for five hours. Absolutely. And how do you, what if you have to go to the bathroom? That person's going to have to get up and like move out of the way completely. And you can't even. To allow I mean, you to get by. And it's not like, and I thought, okay, well, what if they, what if he said, let's switch seats so you're by the window? Oh. Well, now you're just going to get squeezed into the eye. Like it's, right. there's no good answer for no. this. But I'm looking at this thinking what... I think airlines need to do a better job in in this regard. Because I bet it happens a lot. Yeah. I bet it happens a lot, but I bet you they don't do it for the reason you said. You start selling extra wide seats for bigger people and say, if you are over 300 pounds, you have to pay extra. You've got a lawsuit like that well, on your But why do they have to pay extra? Oh, because they're taking up... They're taking up more space. Which could be another seat. Well... Otherwise, that's just greed on the airline. Well, they charge a lot for first class seats that are wider. So you'll, yeah. anyway, put it this way. Uh, I don't, I'm not someone who enjoys in that kind of circumstance, in that kind of situation, having a conflict with someone, especially if you're going to be stuck next to them for the right. next five hours. Yeah. But if that was the case, I, I had a time once where I was flying on Southwest which remember in Southwest, you don't have your assigned seats. You just go in and sit and then yes. they come in. And I was on the aisle. There was someone by the window. It was a middle seat was empty. And we had a situation like this. The person was not that big, but when they sat down, they had not bathed for oh, no. days, oh, it no. seemed. It was horrendous. Yeah. If there's a space to move, then you move. But sometimes there isn't. There was no space. So, I, uh-huh. and I'm like, I, how am I, and I was flying. I can't remember. I was going to. Cincinnati, I think, or something, but it was going to be like a three hour. I, was, I don't know how I'm going to do this for three hours. It was, you could taste oh, how they gosh. smelled. It was that bad. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, the stewardess had an empty seat and asked him, I don't know how it came up, but asked him to move. And it was like, oh, thank you. Oh, wow. Somebody but, must have said something. But the point is, yeah. it's discrimination against the person who's overweight if you say you have to pay more or smelly or whatever else. It's discrimination if you tell them they have to pay more, but it's discrimination. Against the person who has paid for their seat their and doesn't get well. to use it. That's right. So how do you balance that? In 2019, how do you balance those two sides without having someone screaming discrimination filing a lawsuit? I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you pay more, but again, that doesn't seem fair either, but... I mean, if you show up, I suppose, if you can show up with a doctor's note that says you have a glandular condition... <laughs> Or can they make, well, no, I was going to say, can they make the seats wider? I guess they, they could, but no, well, they Well, that's first class then. Oh, okay. No, but right. I mean, first class seats are wider and they charge you an exorbitant amount for that extra room. That's I don't, ridiculous. so it would, it would seem unfair to the people who pay the first class fares. If right. Now, how are you going to get people to buy a first class seat if you can sell oversized seats? for just oversized people. Like it becomes a real, I think this is going to be a real problem that we're going to, as I say, have more and more of yeah. for these airlines because how do you deal with this in a way that you're not offending somebody? And since we all know that everybody is offended about something. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right? We're going to, it is going to be a problem. And and I, just, I know who I would sympathize with in this case. Now, I, I would not sympathize with the guy because this story, the other part, if you're just tuning in, the guy who was the not the oversized man. The guy who was complaining. The guy who was complaining came across like a bit of a jerk as well because he says, you're taking up half my seat. You're going to pay half my ticket. Yeah. And, and the sounds like rather embarrassed heavy man to not get kicked off the flight or Absolutely. have to reach into his pocket and paid the amount of half of the and ticket. that just breaks my heart too, you know? Like well, that, I feel that's being a jerk. Yeah. That's being a jerk. 
perhaps the airline could have reimbursed they, him. You know what I mean? But they're good luck with or doing trying to get that. Yeah. Doing something else. But no, that was, see, this is, this is where it all comes in. Like, I think part of the reason we are offended is in a lot of cases because we're being offensive. Right. That guy didn't have to do that to that person. But is is it because everybody is so offended and everyone's going to say, well, my rights. Well, what about my rights? Yes. You know, yes. Well, well, your rights. Well, mine. What about me? What about me? It's all but about, why would you what take, about the humanity? Like, you know. I, I think you could have, you're right. You could have gone to the airline and said, look, this this guy was sitting, I, if I had to sit there for five hours, yeah. I should have some kind of compensation compensation for this. And the airline, to me, it's an airline thing. They have to yeah. figure this thing out. You don't have to be a jerk about it to the person themselves. Cause you're right. You don't know what the person's situation is. Exactly. That doesn't mean that I want to sit next. To, I don't want to sit in that position for five hours, but you don't know what that person's situation is. I just, I, I, this story, as I say, I've, I, having experienced sort of this kind of thing. Well, your story made me angry just listening to it. Well, I mean, there is a second part of this too, and, and that is in some circumstances, you should be responsible for understanding that your particular situation is going to cause other people's distress. Well, and that's the not other all, thing I was thinking. Not all circumstances. But perhaps but you call, you, you know, you, you be a little self-aware and you like- Is there an empty, is there a role with an empty middle seat because I'm a larger person? Yeah. Or is it going to, are they going to get, no, you got to pay extra and you got to go to the first class. Maybe. But you know, I think most airlines, if you were to save them the hassle, if you were someone who was very large and you said, I I, want to buy a ticket, but can you please tell me, is there an empty, is there a row with an empty middle seat just so I'm not causing problems? I think that most airlines, so they don't have the stewardesses or stewards having to deal with this stuff would say, sure, no problem. And then if it fills up, then you got to deal with it. Right. I don't know. It's a um, slippery slope. It is a difficult one. It, it and this this guy, this person, has been all over social media now. And the guy who made the complaint has been accused of fat shaming. And this is all now a thing about well, we have rights and you have rights and they have rights and who has rights and yeah. Well, of course, everyone's got to everyone's got to blame and someone's got to be to blame, right? Always, there's always got to be someone yeah, who's to blame. It can't be. Yeah. Can't just be, let's sort out a little problem. It's always got to be to blame. We'll take a break. Back after this. Stay with us. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, everyone knows who Michael Jackson is. HBO has just had a documentary, a two-part documentary shown this week, released this week called Leaving Neverland. And it is a, and I have not seen it yet. I've read lots about it. It is a scathing expose of Michael Jackson's apparent pedophilia, his abuse of children, a number two, three of his alleged victims have, as adults now, spoken up and said exactly what happened and their stories seem to align with each other. And those who have watched this and many people are saying this is, this is devastating to the legacy of Michael Jackson. You can't, the, the line is you can't listen to his music anymore in good conscience without always thinking about what he did to these kids. And, and, and some radio stations are not playing it they anymore. They banned it already. Yep. They banned it already. Now, there is a part of me, I mean, you want the truth. And, and that's, you know, this week we've talked on this show about truth, his truth, her truth. Mm-hmm. I want the truth. Yeah. And I'm a tiny bit uncomfortable about the fact that Michael Jackson is not here to, to defend, defend himself. himself. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because these these adults and I'm not saying they're not telling the truth but right. we don't have any way to really test what they're to saying right anything that so they're saying so this that makes me slightly uncomfortable however from everything i've heard these this documentary has been pretty meticulous in establishing some stuff that makes everybody or should make people pretty uncomfortable and and because the person isn't here to defend himself doesn't mean it didn't happen right so if we now have enough evidence, and I'm saying if, if we have enough evidence to believe that he really did do terrible things to children, does the flaws of the artist destroy the art? Can you not listen to Michael? Should Michael Jackson music like some radio stations are doing? Should it be banned because the person behind it did horrible things? 
Um, I, I will still listen to Michael Jackson music. I, I love, I grew up with it. Um, that's not gonna, that's hard to say that everyone's opinion is different and how they feel about it is different and their personal experiences. But yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, maybe I need more education in this area, but no, I don't think that it should, um, like he, he's still like. Can, yeah, can you separate the art from the from the artist? I think it, I, in this case, here's the thing. I think in this case, m- my first thought on it was it probably becomes a little easier because of the fact that he's not alive. Because if he was alive and you're listening and you're streaming it or you're buying it or whatever else, that's money going right. into his pocket. Right. He he is not benefiting from this in any way. Right. Unless he's got a very very long range loan. Yeah. Well, I mean, his estate. It's a state, but that's not him. Right. I, I, I don't have any reason to and believe. And that maybe goes to his children. Yeah. Right? And I don't believe that they, and that's, there's nothing, no evidence they've done anything wrong. Right. Right. So the fact that he's dead m- somehow simplifies this a little bit for me. If he was still alive and listening to it was enriching him, mm-hmm. becomes to me a, a much more complicated story. But there are people like that. Right. So, so if we have a R. Kelly who right now everybody's talking the, this story about, yep. you know, he's been charged with, I don't know, 10, 11 counts of assault and underage sex yeah. with underage girls and all the rest. That to me is the more difficult one. Can you, I've never, I don't even know if I've ever listened to an R. Kelly song. I don't know any song that R. Kelly sings, <laughs> but if I did, if I was a huge R. Kelly fan, could I in good conscience listen to his music knowing what he did? And in that case, I would say, I'm not sure I could. Yeah. I'm I mean, not sure some I people might not even care and would listen to it anyway, I'm regardless, sure. but, um, well, look, when Michael right. Jackson was on trial, there were all those supporters at the courthouse yeah. cheering him on. I, you don't need, you don't, that was, that to me was really uncomfortable because you have no idea whether he did or didn't do it. And you were saying they're just staunch. Supporters. Couldn't care less. Yeah. Couldn't care less. And that to me is troubling. If right. you've got someone who you've made into an idol so high that you go, I don't even care what he did. But th- in this one, in this particular case, you say you're going to keep listening to Michael Jackson. A lot of radio stations say, no, we can't. Let me go back to the question. Can you separate art and artist? Can you, if you know something bad about them, can OJ Simpson, for example, if someone wanted to hire him, could he go back and make another comedy movie, another naked gun? And you go, oh, that's fine. He didn't do it according to the courts. I, <laughs> that, that's a great question. I don't, I, I, I don't that think it would many, happen. I don't think it would happen. No, but, but I don't think many people would say, oh, sure. If that's fine. Yeah. That's no. fine. No, they would say, no, I can't watch OJ Simpson without thinking of what okay, he's so accused of doing. Here's, here's another scenario. So I recently, we, um, you know, you have Netflix. Well, we also have, um, Amazon prime video and on there is a bunch of TV shows Many TV shows from my childhood, and one of the ones is The Cosby Show. Mm, same, yep, same situation. I watch it. I know, and I'm thinking, like, am I? Does this make me a horrible person? But this bring, I, I I'm not because I'm separating it. I'm not thinking about what Bill Cosby is. I'm not even. I'm just watching it, and I'm reliving my childhood as I'm watching. He's Cliff this Huxtable, show. not He's Bill Cliff Cosby. Hus- Huxtable, that's right. He was America's dad, whatever. But so it's the same thing. Like, I, I guess, yeah, I can separate it. And it's a character and I'm into the character and I'm laughing at the, all the other characters. And like, I watched that show all the time after school when I was a kid. So it reminds me of, I remember watching certain episodes with my mom or my dad and, you know, they're not here. So then it makes me remember them. And so, I mean, and I'm still going to, I'm still going to listen to Michael Jackson music. I'm sure. Oh, I know I will. Well, where, where this starts to get into a really dicey area is OJ Simpson. We use the example. I, I don't know what I could watch that O.J. Simpson would do now that I wouldn't think, oh, that's O.J. Simpson. I don't think he has become, to me, it's impossible to separate him from a character. You just see him now and you go, oh, that's, he's, right. he's not funny anymore. And and I would think that you don't, but I would think for me, Bill Cosby might do the same. But I couldn't watch him now. Like it would be different now, something right? now, yeah. It, the question is, okay, so where where does that line 
get drawn because a lot of people who are famous have done bad things. Mm-hmm. What if, uh, if someone, okay, so, so to me, uh, sexually assaulting kids would be far over a line. Oh yeah. That's not, so the Michael Jackson thing is a different story, but what about, um, what about if you. Michael Vick. Dog Michael fighting. Vick dogfighting. I was going to say if you if you ha- were convicted or had a case of you had a case of domestic violence, not to mitigate it, not to diminish it, no. that it was one case as opposed to a string of them. If you had one, does is that then is that person, that artist, that whomever, are they banished forever because and all their work is banished well, forever? Look at Chris Brown. And Although Rihanna. that was a string, right? Chris but Brown he's, has been, but he still survived. Like uh, yeah, he's that, still. His career is still, I mean, I, I haven't heard much of him lately, but I mean, he, I don't think he's been banished. I think a lot of people would say if you were convicted of a domestic assault or domestic abuse, or even if there was like with Ray Ross, the Ray, uh, no, what was his name? Ray, uh, the football player for who got, who the video was on the elevator. Oh for yes, Baltimore. I was thinking about that. Yeah. All right. So you have now video evidence that whether he gets convicted or not, you can make up your mind what happened here. Those people seem like their career is done. But then again, let's start going down the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then what if you have a, what if you drive irresponsibly and have an accident and hurt somebody? Does that- Drinking and driving. Somebody was just- Drinking and driving. What if it was, was just like, where is the, where is the cutoff? Is it only yeah. a moral issue? Is it a criminal issue? Is it a behavioral issue? Like where, how do we then determine? And I'm not, again- what Michael Jackson did or is alleged to have done would be so far over the line yeah, that I can understand. Despicable. But at what point do you say, okay, we can accept that as behavior yeah. that we can still follow the art or the artist, but not any further than that. It's It becomes very complicated. Well, and I think it's it's definitely a personal... Ray Rice, thank you. Ray Rice. Your husband just texted in with Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it definitely is a personal, a personal thing because well, I think you and I had talked about this before when you talk about different levels of punishment for crime, right? You know, there are some crimes that are heinous and so you get you know a lot of time but sometimes it seems like the the time you do is similar or less or more for something that isn't and you're not even having to be convicted and, right and, and and that doesn't mean you're not guilty or that but again court of public opinion for sure yeah. Gian Gomeshi except for one little blip in a magazine in New York where he kind of tried to defend himself has been invisible yeah since yeah and, is, and seems to be a guy who is essentially unhirable at this point mm-hmm you could, there, there is, uh, I thought when this whole thing happened, I really thought that some radio station that wanted to get some ratings or get some attention a year or two later would go, oh, Gian Gomeshi is joining us. And they would think we'll deal with the firestorm, but then it'll pass. And look, yeah. all these people tune in. He has been. They don't want to touch him with a 10 foot pole. No, he yep. seems like he, you could not hire him. And I don't know if that'll change in five years or 10 years, or if it'll get worse as we have less and less of a appetite to be willing to deal with this kind of thing. But I don't know. I, the, the Michael Jackson thing to me is the one, for me, the one mitigating factor on this is the fact that he is dead. Yeah. So what about you? What about your, I, I, I would listen to it. I think if it was on the radio or if it came on the radio, I don't think I'm going to turn the channel, but again, because of the fact that he's dead and in no way is going to benefit from what happened. I mean, Mm -hmm. look, some of the greatest painters in the world have done bad stuff. Some of the greatest artists, they're gone. Does that mean we can't look? If I found out that Leonardo da Vinci did something bad, can I never look at his work? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But if you're not enriching them, then I can deal with that, I think. I agree. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. I want to, I want to ask about a story. You are a mother, yes. so you, you can, you can speak to parenting issues. And this is, this is not a funny parenting story. This oh. is a serious okay. parenting story, but I read this and I was so conflicted by this story because it's a tragic story. A guy named Peter Zhu, who was a 21 year old from California. He was in the military and according to the story, and this was a story that was just out this week, he, all of his life, for whatever reason, dreamed of growing up and getting married and having five kids. That's what he wanted to do. He had an accident while he was off duty from the military 
Uh, he, well, what was it here? He fractured his spinal column while skiing and died a day later. Oh. Has been, but he's still apparently been hooked up to machines because his parents are in the courts fighting to do what he wanted to do by extracting his sperm so that they could have five children. He could have offspring like he wanted to. And they were, they are saying, this is what he wanted. This is the way we can extend his legacy. We can give him the gift that he wanted down the road. What do you think about that idea? No, hard. Not even, not hard, no. Not hard even a question. Stuff. And when did this happen? When did he die? How long has he uh, been? February 23rd. And so recently, like So recently. Now, my understanding is, just a second here, if I scroll down here, um, I think it says, if I read now, I'm only, um, I believe what has happened, sorry, I don't want to delay this thing, is that they, the court's gave a temporary kind of injunction that allowed doctors to extract the material and put it into freezing, but they haven't yet decided just because, you know, he was, he yeah. was dead. And so we, we, you, know, you can't wait and then do it. Uh, right, right. But, but you're, you're going on a, on a solid, well, no chance. See, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, I, I can't even imagine in my wildest dreams what it would be like to lose a child. You know, but I mean, I I don't know. I think that's going a little bit too far. Like who is, so they're going to, the grandparents are going to raise the babies. What girl, like who are they going to choose for the mother? Well. That's not like, you know, I mean, he doesn't get to choose. Who's the mother? So my initial thought when I read this was, well, we do have sperm banks. And if you, as the parents want to have this done and then anonymously, donate it to a sperm bank and know that he will have children then, but you're not going to necessarily know who they are. You just know that his... Can you do that? Can you anonymously... Well, I guess oh, you can it, anonymously donate, but if it's not yours... <laughs> well, it would, be, it would be by court order, but the point would be that if that was the case, his parents would know, yes, he is going to have children. Yeah. You're just not going to know who they are. They are just going to be out there. Doesn't seem like that would be enough for these parents though. Th- I'm not, I see, I'm thinking you're probably right. I'm getting more of a sense that they would want to be involved with these kids that are their grandchildren. And then you do have to find the woman who wants to, but even if you could find the woman who wants to do this. See, and then what would happen? Would, would, would the mother be involved? Whoever the the mother, like donating the eggs. You could have a surrogate, I suppose. You could have a surrogate. So you, do you just want the babies or do you like, do these kids not get the mother as well? Like, I don't know. I'm looking at this thinking, well, (laughs) the problem I have with this is we understand that the world is not utopia. Okay. I understand that the world is not utopia and I'm not naive enough to think that it is or to be confused by that. But in a perfect world, if possible, I think kids should, in a perfect world, as best as we can, kids should have two parents. Yeah. And I understand about divorce. I understand about people dying. I understand that stuff happens. And again, I'm not confused about this, but I'm not sure that it's a good thing to create that situation where you don't have to. Right. Where you're starting autom- these And I mean, and how old these are these kids. parents? That's, oh, well, the, the, he was 20, did I say 21, 21 or 23? He was 21. So let's say they're in their 40s, maybe And you want to start having five children and are you going to be there still? Well, who knows? Until these children are old enough to be on their own. And if not, then who's going to take care of those kids if you're not there to see it through until they're, you know, often married or off to college or whatever it is. So here's what the, here's in their court filing. They wrote, I mean, it's a long filing. I'm just reading one sentence out of this. Peter's death was a horrific, tragic, and sudden nightmare that neither of us could have prepared for. We are desperate to have a small piece of Peter that might live on and continue to spread the joy and happiness Peter brought to all our lives. So there, I think, would be the answer to your question about whether or not it would be a donation to go off into the world or if they would be involved. It sounds like they are... They need to be involved. And, uh, you know, this is a... This is such an ethical, this is, this when you, this is, this is one of those times when you say just because you can, doesn't mean you should, doesn't mean you should, or does it mean you should? I, this is one of those times when you say, I'm not sure that 
medical science is making things more clear here. It's muddying the waters in a big, big, big way. And yeah, I, I, that's just too much. So how, how long until they decide is, is the judge deciding right now? Have they? Well, I, my understanding is that, so he, he has had his sperm taken and frozen and so it's not really. So they did this before he passed away. I guess before they pulled the plug, they did this and then they saved it. But didn't they have to get permission first? Like who, I guess guess from the sounds of it, the court said, go ahead and do it. We're not saying you're going to be able to create a baby, but once his body is cremated or whatever, we can't do this. So take it and then we'll sort out the legalities afterwards. And the ethics, clearly. And the ethics and that kind of thing. Um, It is, uh, this is not the first time I've heard of something like this, but in every other case that I can recall hearing about this, it's always been a married couple and the husband either has some horrible illness or has died and the wife gets this done and she can then. And And I can understand that for sure. I can understand it a lot more. Again, it's not utopia. It's not the ideal situation because you're bringing a child into the world that is going to have, but you know, she could, she could find another partner. She could get remarried, whatever. It's not ideal, but that one, at least I get a little bit more, maybe a lot more. I don't know. This this is one of those ones where you look at medical science and you go, when you There's were, the line. <laughs> there, well, when you were learning how to do this, did you have a plan for when this kind of thing happened? And every time we take another step in medical science, we don't, we seem to be further behind in the ethics of it a right. lot of the time. Right. We can do a lot more than we can know whether we should do. Yeah. And what, what are the implications of it? Right. That's right. We've and you're not, not going to know until you do it. And then, well, that's too late. Could be too late. It would be, fa- it would be amazing. Like, I don't know how the system works about when you're testing stuff like this. So you are, this may be a bad example because, because sperm donations and test tube babies and all this is now old science. This has been around for a long time, but let's say you've stumbled on some fascinating new development in the world of science that could potentially have very positive implications, potentially that's hopefully that's why you're doing this science to help people. It almost makes me wonder if there should be some sort of thing that says before you can put this paper, get this paper published before whatever, that you have to have an ethetist, ethetist, not an, not an aesthetician. Uh, no, not uh, an aesthetician. Eth- but, but an ethetist, whatever it is, someone, an <laughs> ethics expert involved in this as well to go through some of the, okay, yeah, this is really going to be potentially helpful, but there's also this, and how are we going to deal with this when... Well, that's the thing, because there's going to be somebody that's going to come along and say, okay, well, this is what this was intended to do, but hey, you can use it and do this and do this and, you know, and find another use for it. And exactly, you, but you're not going to... And, and sometimes you don't have the foresight to know that that's but what that's it why could you, turn into. That's why you want the person with exactly. the ethics background. So, for example, another example, not the opposite of this one, but we are now in this country allowing for physician-assisted suicide mm-hmm. for those who are terminally ill mm-hmm. or... But we know there's already been a push on that, A, we, we've said, okay, no kids though. No kids. Kids not allowed for this because they're not old enough to vote. They're not old enough in some cases to drive. Right. We shouldn't be giving them the choice of whether to live or die. Right. Well, that's, there's a push on now to change that. Well, you knew, you knew that that was going to happen. Same with mental illness where we've said, okay, it's got to be a terminal illness where your life is going to naturally end without treatment. You can just expedite that process. Now there's a push on saying, well, people who are mentally ill, severely depressed should also have that, but there, no one has ever died of depression. Depression has led them to take actions right. that have killed them. And the whole point with the assisted death is that you need to be of sound mind right. to be able to make that decision. But all these things, you know that there may be along the way a positive, but what about the other stuff right. and how That's do you deal with it? That's going to eventually come up. That in every single case, tell me, a, a, tell me something in science or in life that there are not, there's not an equal and opposite reaction, that there's right. not a, an other use or another something that can be used that we suddenly go, ooh, I'm yeah. not sure. 
You know, once upon a time, probably people thought, you know, guns were a really good idea. They can keep us. And, and even now, like they still do. gun defenders would say, and, and I get their case at times. This yeah. is something that can keep me safe. Yeah. But we also know that the opposite can be. That they get into the hands of the ro- people that are irresponsible or, you know, don't have. Or are or are angry and can't control it. And you have. So this, going back to this case. The ethics of this, to me, are stunningly complicated. That there's nothing that says that he said. Apparently, according to his parents, he said he would someday yeah, like to have five kids. He said, but does kids. he have a will? Does he have a will? Probably stating not. That? Probably not. How many twenty-one-year-olds do you exactly. know that have a will? So you know, like you can say he said that, but we don't know. You and know, wh- I, when I was have 20, your own kids, but well, I know it's not the same. You, you, when you I was know. 21, I think I probably would have said, you know, I'd like to, or l- let's say before that, because probably by 21, I'd grown out of it. When I was 14, I would have said, I want to be an NHL player. Yeah. Well, so if I had died at 14, should my parents have somehow sued to let me be in absentia, some sort of NHL <laughs> that I get to have a locker. Posthumously. Posthumously, or, I get yeah. to have a locker in the Maple Leafs dressing room and they introduce me before they, like, <laughs> that, and I know that's a crazy, but just because you've talked about something as a dream. Yeah. How do you know that actually would have happened? He may have changed his mind as he got older, he, if he would have lived, you know. There's all kinds of things behind this. I, I, I look at this one and I, it just, it just, it, it bothers me probably more than, it should. There's probably, I'm sure there's some people saying, this is great. Why not? Why not? If this guy wants to have kids, why not? Yeah. But it's not him. It's not anymore. him. So. It's not him. It's, it is a, um, it's not, um, so I'm just reading the end of this thing. There have been other cases like this. Oh. There have been other cases like this. Um, in 2009, a Texas woman whose son died after he suffered injuries in a bar fight got permission to retrieve his sperm and planned to hire a surrogate. So we, we've, we've seen this before. Boy, it's a, um, it, it, again, it goes to me, it, to me, it goes to the, because you can, doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and absolutely. It's a fascinating story. You can read, it's, it's, uh, you can still find it. It's on the spec.com. Uh, it's a story from the Washington Post originally. The headline, if you're looking for it, their only son died, but a court order to retrieve his sperm means his legacy could live on. He's a, he's a very handsome, young 21-year-old guy. In the picture with this, he was at the West, pa- uh, West Point U.S. Military Academy. Uh, smart kid, apparently. Like, he's all the stuff that you would hope would... Your kid would be. Your kid, exactly. Yeah. But does that mean that you should do this? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Are you a... Are you a an LRT believer? Oh. And I'll tell you why I'm asking you this. I won't put you on the... Well, I will oh, put no, you no, on the spot. no, no, it's okay. I'm so... Tired? No, I'm... I, I don't know. Okay. I'm so... So you're an agnostic. On, uh, what's that? You're an, agno- an yeah, LRT I agnostic. Just, I don't know. Like on one hand, yes, I think progress would be good for the city. But on the other hand, I mean... I'm like, how much is it going to cost? And to operate it, they say, yeah, yeah, we're going to get a billion, but that doesn't mean that it's going to cost a billion. You know, there's going to be overruns. It's going to cost more in the end. Then you got to operate the thing. Then you got to pay people and taxpayers are going to have to pay for it. There's going to be construction for years and businesses are going to close, yada, yada, yada. I mean, long-term, you know, paying for long-term gain, but will it be that much of a long-term gain? I don't know. I'm I'm not well enough educated in it. Well, here's why I'm asking you the question, uh, not to rehash, we're not going to re-adjudicate the entire LRT case tonight. <laughs> okay. People know they've, they've made their minds up. I don't believe there could be a person in this city who has not made their mind up one way or another, and we're certainly not going to change it over the next few no. minutes. However, something we talked about on this show this week, or maybe last week, I can't remember now, they're all blending together. I think it was this week. In Ottawa, they have a new LRT. Yes. Phase one was supposed to have been done over a year ago. They're just prepping for their next big delay. They've just given the thumbs up to a new $4.7 billion phase two that's all coming out of city money in Ottawa. Apparently, they're going to lobby for the province and federal government to give money, but they've kind of been told, don't expect it. So this is going to tap out Ottawa. But anyway, the reason I ask 
is because they're testing right now the trains and the LRT system in Ottawa that's not open yet. Mm -hmm. And it's a litany of problems. The trains, apparently someone never thought to find out whether the trains that were being bought for Ottawa could work in the cold or the snow. Oh, come on. So they're being stuck (laughs) in the snow the what was it with Chicago? They have to start lighting the tracks on fire. Well, the, so the <laughs> the heating systems are freezing. Panels are falling off the side of the door in the snow. They've been stuck on the tracks and had to be towed back to the the place. And the special equipment apparently that has been purchased to clean the tracks ended up gouging the tracks instead oh, of cleaning. It's come been on. so. There's been all kinds of consternation and hair pulling, uh, not of each other, of themselves yeah. in Ottawa around City Council saying. What the heck? Yep. And I, I'm looking at this, not not on the picture of is LRT good for the city or not? Because again, everyone has their mind on that one. I'm just, my question now becomes, if we get this, and I'm less confident now that we're going to get it than I've probably ever been before. Mm-hmm. Does, is it even going to work? <laughs> yeah. Because, because uh, Waterloo is in long delays because they still can't even get the trains delivered to them. Ottawa can't get them to work in the cold. What is your level of confidence that we'd even get something that worked properly? Well, I don't even know. I honestly don't even know that construction would even start, let alone getting that far. I mean, it just seems that things take forever to ever happen or get done. I mean, I don't know. I don't. In Toronto. And, 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 and are we even still going to get the money? Like, well, we don't has, know has that. that. Has that tune changed? We don't know that. But I mean, in Toronto, they have streetcars. Oh, and I lived LR- in Toronto. And they don't have LRT, but they have streetcars. Yeah. And that's a nightmare when they break down. Well, not only do they break down, but I discovered, I was told this week that on the St. Clair West line, at least, mm-hmm. the other day when they had freezing rain, they couldn't run because they can't make contact with the wires because the ice builds around the wires and then there's no electrical connection. And so you have no ability to have power to it. And I, I am pretty sure because when we've seen the pictures of the Hamilton LRT, they have all the wires overhead now. There's got to be some sort of contact oh, to the see, wires. see, I thought it was underneath. And well, we, I thought we so. used to have that. We used to have electric buses. I remember that. I remember the buses and they had the things on the, the roof yep. and following the... Like it was just out, there was a bus stop just down the street from my house. I remember taking the bus like that. I mean, and then you get away from it and let's put it back in now. I'm not, I'm not sure that it is the LRT per se, the concept of the LRT that is doomed to failure. If in fact it is, although as I say, Ottawa and Waterloo have given me pause. Yeah. I just look at these massive now mega enormous government projects and can't figure out how they seem to have so many problems all the time. And maybe the private industry projects of this size do too. We just don't hear about them as much. Right. But how is it? I mean, they're both way, way, way behind. The stadium, the stadium, we know what happened with our stadium here. Major project, all kinds of problems with it. And Uh, that we're still, you know. Still working through. Still working through years after it's opened. I would love to believe that if we did go with an LRT, if they did build an LRT, if that does happen, I would love to believe that it's, that we're the exception, that we can figure it out. We're not immune to it. I'm not sure we are. No. We've seen we're not. We've seen, I mean, we've got Red Hill Creek that's now a big problem with construction. We've got, as I say, the stadium is fresh in everybody's mind. and I, but the problem is, and it's going to cost us more money. But how do you avoid run. this? This is this is, I guess, where I'm getting to with this. So we've seen now that Ottawa has huge problems with yeah. theirs. We've seen Edmonton had problems with their LRT. We've seen Waterloo has problems with theirs. There should be tons of lessons in there that would prevent us, if we do it, from making that happen. How do we do maybe, that? Maybe though? it's got to be a private thing. Maybe that's what. Now, wasn't there another? Um, CFL stadium recently built, but it's private. It's a privately owned one, or maybe I'm thinking, no, I'm not thinking CFL. Maybe I'm thinking of NFL, but they have tons of money. But, (laughs) you know, where, I don't know, maybe it is just a private versus public thing, right? I mean, because you got more, you you have more accountability or you're supposed to have more accountability with public funds. And you have to vote on where it's going and who it's going to. And 
that those steps have to be taken, but there is all. I think there theoretically there is more accountability to the taxpayers. Of course, I just don't. I I don't know that I have the confidence, based on everything that I'm seeing, that no. this thing would end up being smooth. Does that mean we shouldn't do it? No, but maybe we need to find another way to build it. Well, it's too late for that now. Yeah, I mean, they're exactly. not. They're not. They're not changing it now. They're not starting from scratch. No, but I mean, if you had. Hover cars. Yeah. Or let's, you know, let's hang from the, what, what did they call that when the you gondolas. Go gondolas, yeah. yeah they used Far, to have Jason, that from the escarpment. Jason Farr uh, suggested that at one let's point. bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I think when he first suggested it, and he was talking, I think, about going up the mountain. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think he was being tongue in cheek. And then you started to think about it and said, Wait a second. I mean, who knows how much it would cost, but that's not a terrible idea if it was, you know, if you could have. It'd be a cool, like, lookout to bring people, like, you know, to come up and Well, if you had gondolas instead of an LRT through the city, so it wasn't blocking traffic and it was above their head. I mean, look, no one's going to do it. It, it, (laughs) it, We we would look like the Jetsons. Um, We'd have a big fountain too at the. Oh, we'd have lots of different things. I'm simply looking at this now from other places as well. I'm not, this is not a knock Hamilton. This is a knock everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Ottawa, Waterloo, Edmonton, I think Vancouver has had problems with their LRT. These are places that you would think should have learned from the previous one. Right. Each should have learned something from the one before. And it seems that the delays are getting longer and more complicated and more ridiculous. And what does that mean if the day comes For that us. we do it? I, I would hope I would, here's the other thing. I was going to say, I would hope it wouldn't be. These are not projects, as I understand, except for the Ottawa one. And even then, the first phase that they've just finished was a provincial thing again. This is not in Hamilton's control. This is a provincial thing. The province, Metrolinx, would be building this. We right. don't, we're, we're simply sitting here having it done to us as opposed to doing it. I have no control. And we saw with the stadium what happened when that was the reality. I'm, Absolutely. I mean, if 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 you are a you people listening, if you are a supporter of LRT, I've said this before. That's fine. I'm not going to quibble quibble with you. You are entitled to have that opinion, and you believe that for good reasons. I'm sure you wholeheartedly think that it's going to be helpful to the city. That's good. If you're not, fine. But my goodness, the one thing that I just don't think we can ha- have here is not only after a six or seven or eight years of construction, but then endless delays again for Not stuff that should going. be, uh, for that should be knowable now. Well, exactly. Like you're talking about the, it can't operate in the cold, like, hello, where or do we snow. live or yeah. snow? I mean, and it's not like we're even that far North. It's not, you know, we don't live in the snow belt, you know, like, I mean, it can be lately. Yeah. It feels like yeah. it, right. But you know, it's, we had a whole month of December when, you know, November, no snow. Right. So it's, you, you got to figure out how to make it work. I mean, you got to know where you're building, right? You think. Do, well, <laughs> so if th- that's the next thing, uh, and maybe the final thing on this one, but if Ottawa's cars can't really work in the snow or the cold, is there other technology that is out there that we know that we can be sure that ours do work? Or do we have to wait now? It's now going to cost more. Well, it may cost more. May cost more, but does it's that all going to cost more in the well, end? Of course, it's going it to be more than a billion dollars. But does the technology whatever. exist? Does the technology exist that says we can be sure this is going to work, or are we still hoping that it's going to work? And and that that's not somewhere I want to go. No. I don't want to go into hoping. If we've got a good plan that we can say is going to work and that we can make financially viable, that is a discussion. That's the discussion. But if we're saying, well, we think that by the time. Something we're ready to will put trains. Yeah, yeah. That by the time we think we're ready to have trains on the track, we really believe that they probably sh- will have developed something that will work. That's that's because Edmonton, surely their cars have to work. But I remember when they first got theirs going, there was I remember reading stories that said people who were supposed to take the LRT to the hockey game. The cars, the, the LRT was having so many problems, people were walking and passing. And beating it? Yes, because oh, it was uh-huh. moving along oh, so slow they couldn't. And Vancouver doesn't really have the snow issues no. that, that other places do. So 
Anyway, let's, you know, if it's going to happen, let's hope that somehow all these places have been examples that we can learn from so that we're not facing similar problems. Because that, you know, wouldn't it, I hate to say it would be typical, but, and not, and I say not of Hamilton because this is a provincial thing. Yeah, but it would clearly be, it would, it's happening at other It would be typical places. of a provincial massive government <laughs> project. project that, oh, Oops, I know we've had all these ones that didn't work. I know we should have learned our lesson, but oh, sorry, next time. Yeah. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. I mentioned before that Jen is a mother. I'm a father, not of the same children. (laughs) (laughs) Her husband, I think, is listening. He'll be relieved to know that. (laughs) Um, This is a story that I saw this week. I do not understand this story. At all, have you heard of the cheese challenge? Oh, yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> now, not, I don't know if, I'm sure many people are familiar with the cheese challenge. <laughs> I, I, there will be some who aren't. For reasons that elude me entirely, yeah. folks have decided that they are going to film or take photos of parents' throwing a slice of processed cheese onto their child's face. Craft <laughs> cheese single? Yes. Yeah. Cheese slice. Can you, are you in a position to offer any insight onto why this is a thing? It's just, I, I haven't actually watched any of the videos, but I've read a bunch about it on social media. I've read some articles and stuff and people are outraged about it. And I think it's just to see the kid's reaction. And it's funny. It's yeah, but like- why cheese? Why? Because it's cheese. I think just the fact that it's cheese and it the way it sticks and the way it hangs and and then the kid can eat it afterwards. I don't know. But, you know, it's almost like the... So um, better than a Dr. Scholl. Sure. Yeah. Or like a shoe or, well, you know... Yeah, you would, hopefully you wouldn't be chucking a shoe at right. your kid's face. Well, what was a it? A moccasin, perhaps. Was it Jimmy Kimmel? Yep. Or was it Jimmy Fallon? Maybe it was Jimmy Kimmel. And it was the challenge, tell your kids you ate all their Halloween yeah, candy. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. And film it yep. and send it in. And these poor kids are sobbing. Yeah, they're and, beside themselves. And people are howling at it. So it's kind of along the same lines, I think. And I feel like I haven't watched any of the videos. And I'm sure they're probably like pretty funny. Same when you... Um, film your kid trying a lemon for the first time and the funny face they make or a pickle or whatever. But all right. I would, all right. I would feel I, I would feel bad. That's why I haven't watched them. Like I wouldn't do it to my kid. I'm not and I'm not saying, oh, you're a bad parent if you do it. I just wouldn't do it to my kid because And we're talking about like infants here. We're talking th- these are these are babies. Yeah, like I think uh, what I've seen a five year old. No, I've seen it like, you know, between like a kid that can sit up and eat cheese like six maybe seven eight months and up i guess i'm not saying that that's no, good or bad that's I, just what it is i, I can't figure out and i tried to find out today and i could find no explanation for how this started it was uh, there's suggestions that it was a michigan father who had a video that somehow the cheese flew and he went to toss it onto the kid's Plate and uh, mist yeah, or something? Yeah, and, and land on the face and ha, ha, ha. Now, why he was filming him tossing cheese onto the plate, it, it, more than likely he was actually trying to shoot it onto yeah. the kid's face and okay, whatever. But this started a thing like the water bucket, the ice bucket challenge yeah. or whatever else, different things. No one's doing this for charity no. that I know of. But the funny part to me now, because we know this is going to happen. In, in any case, in 2019, in any situation of anything happening Somebody is going to be offended. We talked about this last oh, hour. And that's what some of the, you know, the article that I read and how people are outraged about it. And people are there, you know, they do the screenshots of their tweets or their, you know, and that borders on child abuse, people are saying. And because some yeah. of the pieces have, you know, covered the kid's no, uh, nose and mouth. So like they can't breathe, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I read that part today. I read yeah. a couple stories and the, the child abuse allegations come up in all these are we really at a point now where a craft single that lands on a child's forehead <laughs> qualifies I mean, as child stupid. abuse? Yeah, it's stupid to do anyway, but you know. It's stupid, but dangerous? Yeah. Abusive? I mean, if you throw an entire wheel of Gouda at your child's, at your infant's head, we're, that's a different story. But I think also too, what some people are upset about is that, you know, it's it's a little humiliating. 
in a sense that why do we have children if not but right. to humiliate them but i mean but and then to to go and humiliate them in that sense and then put it on social media for your own gratification for your how many likes can i get how many times can i get it shared so really like that's why a parent is going to do it to join jump on the bandwagon and share it and have a laugh hold at on a second expense. i know you're not saying that no but, i know that's but what is every episode of america's funniest home videos not yes. exactly that yes and that's what somebody like that was what part of the the article that i read it was reminiscent of you know bob saget's America's Funniest Home Videos. Have you ever gone on YouTube and watched Fail Army? No. Oh, well, okay. You, well, I'm now you've got to do something that when in, I go home. <laughs> fail, and, and there's not just Fail Army. There's Fail Army and now a million imitators. And the, the internet now, YouTube, has become a giant America's Funniest Home Videos dispensary. Mm-hmm. There are billions of videos of people having stuff happen to them. My son made it onto America's Funniest Home Videos. Did he really? A while back, and it wasn't even that funny. Anyway, it was just, they're, they're, they're so desperate now for content yep. that they'll... They'll just go onto YouTube and collect stuff? And all of these things, so many of these things, are majestically more horrendous than a craft single slice yep. landing on your head. Some of these, which I turn off quickly, because when I watch these funny things, hopefully funny. I have no interest in watching people actually hurt themselves. No. Those ones freak me out. They creep me out. I just want to watch someone who something, you know, the ones where they break a leg or something. I don't know. I don't want to watch that. Gross. Yeah. Well, you know, I couldn't be hurt by a craft single slice if you rolled it up and put it in a cannon and shot it at your face. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I, I admit I, um, when my daughter was about mm, two, I took her over to the park and there were some hills and she was splashing in the puddle. There were puddles, so she wanted to splash them. So I let her, okay, go run up to the top and then run down. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, keep going. And I'm I'm filming her with my phone, Uh-oh. hoping Head over heels. that she'll fall. But like, obviously I don't want her to hurt herself, but because in my head I was remembering um, did you ever watch Little House on the Prairie? Uh-huh. And in the intro and in the end where little Carrie, she's running down the hill and then she biffs and she rolls down the hill. And me and my siblings would always laugh about that. So it would be something that, you know, and then I would laugh and say, okay, you're fine. Get up. And I teach her how to laugh at herself if she fell. And then I go home and show Jay or show my brother and sister that, it, you know, so I was hoping that she would fall, but not in a way that she would, you know, break her head open. No. Well, I, yeah, I would hope not. Yeah. I hope not. But I mean, no. maybe, does that make me a bad parent? I mean, well, I don't think so. Some some of these child rearing experts who are all over the internet describing this thing as child abuse would well, say yes. They probably don't even have kids. And if they do, can you imagine the bubble wrap in which these children live yeah. if a craft single slice <laughs> landing on your face is abuse? I, I mean, think think if this is the if this is the barometer, if this is the bar yeah. for abuse, and I don't even know if this is the lowest bar in their case, but if this is a bar for abuse, what would they do to prevent their kids from being abused? Your kids could never eat any sort of warm or hot meal. You'd have to cool it off so they wouldn't burn themselves. Any food that potentially could have an allergen yeah. in it would yeah, have to be- straw. No, I mean, it, just think of if this is the line that has reached the level of abuse, the things you would have to cut yeah. out of their life to prevent abuse. It's stunning. And yet these people somehow have degrees, maybe have jobs, have people coming to them. What, what, what? Yeah, I mean it's silly so and lost, stupid, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call that. We have so lost our way in 2019 abuse. that yeah. if this is abuse, my goodness, my entire childhood then was a non-stop <laughs> series of yeah. abusive behavior. Yeah, if you had an older sibling? And I and no, I was not abused by the way. No. For clarity, but if this is the bar, I was the yeah. things I was allowed I was allowed to play outside yeah. without parental supervision. My brother used to my brother is 8 years older than me and he used to we used to play WWF. When it was WWF, not WWE. Mm. And he was Andre the Giant and I was Hulk Hogan and I was suplexed. I was body <laughs> slammed. I was I he would I was sitting on the bed, he would jump off the dresser onto the bed, I bounced and I flew. <laughs> like you know, that's what you do when you're siblings, right? Yep. But when you're little, but we got We I invented mean, a game called Kill. Well, there you and go. We, and a friend of mine had a trampoline and kill was very simple. Is it the scissors? No, you had legs? as many people oh. as you could get onto a trampoline who wanted to play and a tennis ball. 
and you would start by placing the tennis ball <laughs> on the trampoline and everyone had to bounce three times so the ball would get going. Yeah. And you would get a point if you could grab the ball. But you could do anything to prevent the other people from grabbing it. You could oh. drop kick them in the head, fire them <laughs> off the trampoline. You could do anything. And it was mayhem. Yeah. And now, could you imagine if someone went over, if someone came... And was there, and when you, on that trampoline, was there a big net no, around it? No. No. And could you imagine if you did that in your backyard with your kids and that parent, or that kid went home to their parents and said, what did you do at Jen's house today? We played kill. <laughs> That'd be the last time you ever saw that yeah. kid. And the lawsuit would follow shortly oh, after. Oh, I'm sure it would. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.